Okay, so Invader Zim is about an oh, alien. Oh, Killer Confusor is like, fuck, this is what my Patreon subscription is like, why for? the fuck are they talking about <laughs> Rocky Horror <laughs> Picture Show when only one of them has seen it? Back to the Laser Comb Podcast, the weekly show where we comb through random episodes of classic TV shows with a fine tooth laser. I am the Siege, one of your hosts. And I'm Neo Cal, your other host. This is episode 20 of the Laser Comb Podcast. Uh, this week, uh, we are continuing on with our January Patreon month theme, where every show we watch a random episode of is chosen by one of our $10 and up patrons. So if you want to get in on that, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about uh, episode three of Invader Zim, which was uh, chosen by longtime listener, uh, recent patron, uh, our boy, Cone Killer Confusor. So big shout out to him. Uh, before we get into that, though, uh, there's a couple uh, I, IRL, like real world things I wanted to address. Um, Ew. <laughs> Uh, namely, first and foremost, at the date of recording, it is January 21st uh, of 2022, and uh, the sad news came out today that uh, Louis Anderson passed away at the age of 64, I believe. 68? So close to 69. Oh, 60, 68? Yeah. Okay, I was wrong. Anyway, uh, Louis Anderson is known... So close. Is known mostly to me as uh, his kind of, and I think this is one of his breakout roles too. Was in uh, uh, the uh, John Landis directed uh, Eddie Murphy starring film Coming to America, which is a classic comedy of the eighties. It's a movie I've loved since I was a little kid. Recently got a sequel, uh, direct to Amazon Prime Video. Mm-hmm. Um, sequel's not that great, but it is fun seeing all those actors together again. Uh, but yeah, he. Louis Anderson was in. I knew him from that. Uh, he also had a an animated series on Fox Kids in the nineties. He 90s sure did, boy. Life with Louis that I watched, where he uh, was a little child, but like also like a forty year old version. Was, of yeah. Self. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> strange concept, <laughs> and yeah, so, I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I watched it too. Um, uh, it wasn't a particularly good show, but it was a show that I, you know, just watched just just because just because <laughs> it was on in like a bracket where there was nothing else on probably. Yeah, it was on between like, I don't know, like uh, Bobby's World and Freakazoid or something like that. <laughs> the the um, uh, kind of odd but not great TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two to four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... So solid uh, three out of five star shows, um, but uh, but yeah. So I was uh, a little bit bummed out to hear about that. So uh, uh, rest in peace, Louis Anderson. Yeah. I thought and it was good, worth good stand up. Like, I don't know if you ever caught it, but he's a good comedian. I thought it was worth mentioning on this show because uh, well, we we talk about a lot of '90s shows on oh, absolutely. This, so he was hot shit, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and. I feel like most of our listeners are probably around our age or maybe a little bit younger. So a lot of them probably remember life with Louis. So yeah, Uh, rest in peace, uh, Louis Anderson. Um, Another death that I wanted to bring up, uh, this one's a little 
kind of sort of more personal, but it does relate to this show a little bit. Um, I've talked uh, before about the fact that I've been listening to a podcast called Sick and Wrong since uh, 2013. I'm wearing their shirt right now, which uh, uh, the main host of that show sent me in the mail for being a Patreon subscriber. Uh, we we had current co-host uh, uh, Kate Rambo from the Sick and Wrong podcast on an episode of this show. Um, her predecessor was uh, a guy named Harrison. Really, really, really funny guy. He, uh, I was, we were, we were friends on Facebook. We followed each other on Instagram. I chatted with the guy here periodically on discord. Um, and I listened to him on the sick and wrong podcast for like close to five years. Yeah, uh, years and years. it, uh, came out recently. Um, and I've, actually found out about this uh, about a day before the official announcement came out through um, uh, certain channels. Uh, He passed away. And uh, I found out about that like first thing in the morning, like right when I first got to work on my Monday. And I was like, oh, what a what a gut punch way to to start the week off. Yeah. Uh, So I, 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 I was legitimately bummed out by that. Maybe a little bit more than I should be should have been, but it's I don't know. It's a it's a weird thing when you listen to someone on someone you don't like really like no no personally like I never met the guy, um, but someone you listen to on a podcast for several years and then even beyond that like actually get to interact with them through like social media and stuff uh, and like Discord. I don't know. There's it's just. It's kind of sort of like a friend dying, even though it it's, isn't quite. It's people that are very familiar with artists or actors or podcasters or whatever. You feel like you know them and they're important to you, even if they don't know you or you're not personally close with them, because they yeah. did influence your life mm-hmm. in the form of entertainment. Yeah, totally. I, I used to criticize that like a man why is everybody so up in arms when this person died or this celebrity died or whatever and then david bowie died Mm. and i'm like ah okay (laughs) that was like one of the first uh robin williams and and david bowie those were the couple of the first where i was like oh this person can't make more things like (laughs) they can't make more art like I was never going to meet them, but like mm-hmm. they're they're done. So I I understand that I don't judge people when like you know certain people pass away that are in like the spotlight or they feel they're close to even when they weren't their friends because you know all of our memories are just what we consume uh, with friends, family, entertainment, movies, and that kind of thing like that, and it, it hits you. And you were a little bit more personally connected to, yeah, to that yeah. because you you actually um, even in even if distantly uh, acquaintances, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say that's the right word. So yeah, my my hats off to yeah him and his family, and of course like all of his fans with the podcast because he was there from from day one, right? No, he was the. Um... Uh, he was the second co-host of that. Oh show. no, right? Yeah, he's the second co-host, and he had the. He had a run there. Yeah. And he, then when he he um, quit, it was when Kate came on. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. 
Yeah, and it was uh, during that like interim period where I actually guest hosted an episode of that podcast. So yeah, that interim. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't yeah, remember yeah. how that that came about, but that that was a fun one to listen to. Uh, yeah, that was actually uh, the main host of that show. D was uh, he was just getting like friends of his. He had a couple of like random people. Some of them are better than others. Most of them are terrible, to be honest. Um, but uh, I, I I reached out and was like, hey, like I've been doing podcasting myself for, uh, uh, you know, a few months now. So and I actually like have like a decent like microphone because most of the people he would have on the show just sounded like shit. <laughs> I'm like, I actually have a decent microphone. So I and I've been listening to the show for like years and years and years. So uh, uh, I throw my hat into the pile and he's like, yeah, man, sure. I'll have you oh, if you're free this weekend. Uh, I'll have you on the show. And uh, I've done like some Patreon stuff with them, and uh, they play calls of mine quite frequently on the show. All, for years, they've been playing calls. They're active on the Discord. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So Harrison passing away. Uh, I don't know exactly how old he was. I think he was in his early or mid forties. Uh, he he was a really really funny guy. Um, had a lot of demons as uh many of us can relate to but mm -hmm. the cause of death isn't uh publicly available i isn't publicly available information um and ultimately it doesn't really matter so anyway i'm gonna move on from this uh rest in peace harrison uh it was good kind of sort of knowing you <laughs> um anyway uh as I mentioned at the top of the, the podcast, this is episode 20 of the Laser Cone podcast, and we're covering uh, Cone Killer Confusor's uh, uh, Patreon-sponsored choice, which is Invader Zim. And we went to numbergenerator.org and landed on episode three of Invader Zim. Um, Cal, you are much more familiar with Invader Zim than I am. So uh, tell us, what is Invader DVD! <laughs> um, uh, I love how there was another celebrity death, but you so don't give a shit about that. You just uh, brushed oh yeah. past that. Oh yeah, Meatloaf died today too. Very vocal anti-vaxer. Was he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Very. Uh, what What I did know though that was in death, a member of Project Mayhem has a name. His name is Robert Paulson. Yeah. That that's all I know of that's all. Well, I, I mean, everybody's heard Meatloaf's music here and there, like, um, but mostly, like, first and foremost, when uh, I think of Meatloaf, what sticks out in my head is his role as Bob in Fight Club, and I think that's true for a lot of people. So, I mean, kudos to him. That was a very yeah. iconic role, a very very iconic performance for him. Um, but yeah, Meatloaf's dead too. Uh, anyway, I was gonna make uh, a John Jingle Jake John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt joke because his name is my name too but I, I couldn't think of it it didn't work and oh it's it's terrible um either, either i remember way, him from rocky horror picture show didn't even <laughs> know he was in that i've never seen it am i wrong is that not him i'm gonna look like such an idiot as you can get sick and wrong actually um on the second wrong discord the uh topic of rocky horror came up recently and i was like uh I think it was actually because like people were talking about Harrison and were like, oh, uh, uh, 
uh, Harrison had never famously like never seen Rocky Horror. And they're like, oh, how does someone go like into their 40s without ever what? seeing Rocky Horror? Right. And I'm like, I'm like, I've never seen it either. I mean, and this is what I said on the Discord. I'm like, to be fair, uh, in my early 20s, I was I was a creative writing major and I was hooking up with a lot of theater people. A lot of theater and they students. just wouldn't shut up about it. Probably. And they just would exactly. They just wouldn't shut up because they were like, this was a, they were in that age, like, you know, late teens, early twenties, uh, where like you're fresh in university and you find out about this, this thing. And it suddenly becomes like the greatest thing ever to you. And you don't shut up. Everybody. I feel like, um, especially like uh, creative types, like goes through that early in university. Like for me, like I discovered like a slew of like old, like dramas that I became like, like a huge cheerleader, a huge cheerleader for, and became very like smug about the fact that, Oh, I like this, uh, you know, four hour, like French art house piece that has uh, like seven lines of dialogue in it because the, right? the the story is conveyed so masterfully through the imagery. Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, it was that age. And like, to be fair, like all these theater people that I was uh, involved with were like in that age too. It was just, they were about that for Rocky Horror. So they were all like, I was hearing like lines from the thing quoted all the time. I was hearing songs sung all the time. I was into karaoke a lot at that time in my life and like they would always like fucking sing songs from rocky horror at karaoke so i just i got so sick of hearing about it all the time like that i was like you know what i'm not fucking watching this movie i don't like musicals anyway <laughs> yeah and uh to this day i've still never watched it although uh, uh speaking of uh kate rambo uh she uh has been saying like uh you know you you gotta watch it <laughs> Got to watch it, mate. I'm not even okay. going to try to do her her accent. You got, yeah. Um, we, uh, I'll talk and put my head on at the same time. Um, it's one of those things where you need to go into it, like, on your own accord. You don't want to yeah. watch it because someone else, like, threw a viewing party and, like, made you made you watch it or, like, hassled you enough. Because nobody watches media by people nagging you. Yeah, the, no. the worst thing ever is somebody being like, "Oh, you got to watch this," and then somebody else being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you haven't you haven't seen this because you're not going to fucking watch it." Yeah, but when it's what happened is I can't remember. I was like home. I was either snowed or I was sick or something, and I was like by myself, and it was on like Netflix or some other streaming service, and I'm like, "Why not?" And I watched it, and I'm like, "Oh, that's um." Meatloaf is in this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I maintain that he's in it. I, I, if right. I'm wrong, let, let me know. I, I, he plays like a biker dude that was brought back from the the dead, but he's like in the show for like 60 seconds before he died. I don't know. I, <laughs> well, what I do, can you tell? I haven't memorized the script. Well, what I what I do know is that Bob Bob has bitch tits. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Bob out there. His name is Robert Paulson. Um, anyway, so Invader Zim, Cal, what's yeah. Invader Zim all about? Uh, okay, so here on Lasercomb, 20, 30 minutes into the episode, we actually do review a random TV show. And um, this time, it's Invader Zim. 
Invader Zim was a, a turn of the millennium cartoon that has a very stylized like character concepts. Everyone is very like all the, all the main characters are kid sized, and right. they have these really strong lines and really pointy, angular. Um, everyone has very notable silhouettes. It is a very uh, notable style, but basically. He is Zim is an invader that's basically kind of like a failure of his race. And they're like, I don't know, go to the edges of the galaxy and conquer. Oh, what's the easiest planet? Earth. Go. Piece yeah. of shit. And <laughs> they send him off, but he takes it like really seriously and he wants to impress like Supreme Commander or whatever their Lord Commander or something like that. He wants to impress the big him. head. <laughs> the big, the big giant head. <laughs> incoming message from the big giant head oh fuck we should cover that show on yeah it's happening sometime um and, <laughs> and zim has a robot buddy to help him and his name is yep. Gur. and he lands right. on earth and he realizes it's not gonna just like roll over he can't just like kick down a king's um door blast him and be like i am the ruler now um it's complicated there's we live in a society there's multiple rulers they have weapons they're more organized than than he thought uh so he sets up a house in a little uh suburb um and very badly disguises that he's an alien and one of his yeah. neighbors um a neighbor kid um let me actually because i can't remember all of the characters name invader zim it's been years and years since i've i've watched this here we go uh there we go perfect um the neighbor kid uh immediately knows that he is a he is an alien right yeah and i kind of picked that up does. for a I kind of picked that up from the, this episode. And one thing that I did kind of chuckle about in uh, this particular episode is there's a bit where it's very obvious that uh, Zim is an alien uh, because like his robot parents that he creates like fly him away. And the, the one kid who realizes that Zim is an alien uh, sees this and he looks Dib? and he's Dib. like, let me guess. Let me... He's like, let me guess. Uh, no one saw that, right? And he looks around and like all the adults are like face the other way. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, huh, yeah, that's kind of funny. It's an ongoing gag that like people are so involved with their own like bullshit and life and distractions and stuff that like nobody can see that he's quite clearly not a, a person. Hell, even his disguise, like his skin is still green. He wears contacts so that his like red eyes like don't stand out but like his right his robot friend dresses in this like like puppy dog onesie gur is very cute um so he's like it, it is kind of cute um dog robot I, like 90 percent of the time I, I knew so many goth chicks in the 2000s who had gur tattoos i didn't even know what the character's name was or what it was from i just recognized it the little from, dog like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so did yeah, I. I, yeah. I knew. Yeah, knew. I have a couple friends with Invader Zim's Invader Zim tattoos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? It's style with its very heavy lines. Um, I like it. 
the silhouettes are very definitive. Um, I really like, um, I really like character and uh, design, and I think they did a really good job of doing uh, one that thing on that kind of surprised. One thing that kind of surprised me uh, in my research, because uh, I did do a little bit of research about the show yeah. before we started recording, um, that Invader Zim was crea- created by Yonan Vasquez, who uh, kind of made a name for himself for the indie comic uh, in the 90s, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, which if you're watching the video version, the art behind me is art from Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Oh. Um that was a comic book that I was, fam- I never actually read it, but uh, I read comics in the 90s. I also read Wizard Magazine. So if anyone Hell remembers yeah. that, shout out to you. High five. Wizard Magazine. Uh, Wizard Magazine was dope. Um, I have like 30. But yeah, I was reading. <laughs> I, I, I was reading Wizard Magazine all the time. And um, I was reading it around the time that John- Johnny the Homicidal Maniac was like really new and hype. So Wizard was talking about it a lot. So I never read it, but I was very f- aware of its existence. Mm. Um, so to find that out that the cool. guy who create that that the guy who created that and did the art for that uh, created this, I was like, oh, that's that's an interesting connection. And when you see his, like when you see his art, uh, when you see Johnny the I'm Homicidal Maniac uh, uh, paired up with Invader Zim, it's like, oh yeah, I I totally this is definitely the same creator. It's very um, uh, so. Yeah, it's cleaned up, but definitely the same, same artist. Yeah. So sorry, uh, the Almighty Tallest <laughs> are are the leaders of of his race. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have they have names like Almighty Tallest Red and Almighty Tallest Pink or Purple. Yeah. So they're they're the they're the leaders, and yeah, whenever he like gets a call from them they're like hello zim what is it or like it's time for your annual report and they just kind of like don't want to deal with him <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it takes, uh, but yeah uh, it takes like a really mundane job just like more seriously than he ought to which is kind of a comedy trope it, it is yeah and it, those some of the better better episodes um but speaking of the episodes yeah it's basically like um dib and gaz our brother and sister and their dad um is always away he he, he always communicates with them via like a zoom call like tablet or like drone with a monitor on it or something like that and he's off doing mad scientist things uh membrane Professor Membrane. Um, oh, okay. And he's got like the same hair as as Deb. Um, yeah, and as Deb's mission to thwart uh, Zim. And Zim, at first, you know, they're always trying to ridicule and tear each other down. And in the episode where we, that we are watching, um, it's one of those ones where it's kind of like two little episodes in a greater half hour block. Right. And uh, the ones we're reviewing are Parent Teacher Night and Walk of Doom. Yeah, Parent and... Teacher Night is the first one, and that 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 episode opens in a classroom. Zim is at school, and basically his teacher, who is uh, really horrible, I would just like to wow, point out. yeah, um, like shockingly so. I mean, that's the point, but Miss Bitter, uh, yeah, she's really yeah. awful. 
Miss Bitters. Yeah, it, it starts uh, yeah. With, she she wisps around like a weird shadow creature. Like there's this shadowy yeah, like okay. arc, and she just like appears. Okay, okay and so, I'm like, yeah. I get that. That it's not just you imagining. Yeah, it. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I was wondering. I'm like, I did do a double take. I'm like, I'm like, wait, is she like some kind of supernatural creature that I'm just not aware of? She's just a, an I, ancient teacher who has taught your parents and your parents' parents. It's nebulous, like how many centuries old she <laughs> she is. Well, and indeed, when the uh, the uh, 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 parent teacher thing uh, uh, happens later on in the episode, and all the parents are there, she even says to them, she was like something to the effect of, "I always knew none of you would amount to anything, and I was right, and I was <laughs> right." Presu- um, which is like leads the the viewer to believe that all of them were in her class were former students yeah 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 and and she's an elementary school teacher which means they've yeah. all grown up become adults and had kids and those kids are in her class so she's she's up there in i, in I gotta tell you <laughs> I, I i would go out of my way to make sure my child was not in her class especially right. having dealt with her firsthand i'm like no no we're uh we're, we'll move to another city if we have to. Some people uh, become nicer, more compassionate, forgiving with age. This lady, she's 94. She has pure concentrated hate that's keeping her alive somehow. Sith, dark Sith energy that's, that's <laughs> maintaining her will to live. <laughs> right. Uh, one thing I, I'd like to point out about the art style is it does have a reminiscent turn of the the millennium thing where like every character is bad looking in a different way it's so stylized that all the characters either have funky teeth eyes weird shaped heads oh yeah squares, yeah I see, I see what you mean yeah rounded everyone is shaped differently some people are shaped like boxes some people are a toothpick that it's it, it's it's, it's like, all very chaotic and and ugly but because all the characters are ugly, it fits the 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 style. It, it, it's like a like goth, like more macabre version of Hey Arnold. That is, yeah. Because if you think I, I about like, like that, this is like gritty gothic, uh, urban gothic. <laughs> hey Arnold, yeah. Yeah, because hey, our, what you were talking about, about like all the characters having like some like each having like a different, like unique, like weird characteristic about them. That was some, that was very Hey Arnold. I, I, I'm sure Good Hey Arnold catch, wasn't the yeah. first wasn't the first cartoon to do that. But that's the first one that really like sticks out in my head when I think about it. I guess you could say that about Ren and Stimpy, too, probably Ren and Stimpy or uh, almost any. Um. Rocco's of like the nineties kind of modern, yeah. Rocco's modern yeah, yeah. life, they were animals, so they had a greater freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to throw yeah. that around. Yeah. Um, and one thing at the beginning of parent teacher night is um Zim. Um, the teacher, Miss Bitters, is like, Oh, I expect to see your parents here. And here's the thing: Miss Bitters is skeptical and seems to be the only one who almost understands that Zim is an alien. And mm-hmm. so uh, Dib is like constantly trying to 
poke fun at. I kind of like the rivalry. <laughs> I really like that. It's more like a kid's rivalry. But the way they think of it, it's it's this super genius alien invader versus like this mo- the smartest human of them all. But they're just yeah. kids. <laughs> which I which I kind of like. Like this mundane shit. Like him trying to get him in trouble with his teacher when he's like trying to invade the, the planet. I, I do kind of like really appreciate that. And the art style is uh sorry, the setting. The setting is weird and nebulous because it feels like late 90s, but everything, including the teacher's like PC and like laptop, it's kind of like bulky sci-fi. Like all the tech in it is kind of like industrial, like the computer is very like, looks like you could smash the tower onto the ground and it would be fine. Everything (laughs) has its own kind of, oh, this feels like the late nineties, but the skyscrapers are kind of futuristic, right? So it has this kind of weird nebulous semi-futurism that I really like that I'll try to point out here or there as we're reviewing it. It gives Um, it kind of an, it, it gives the setting kind of an otherworldly quality. Yeah, like this is supposed, like when he went here, the, they sent him here to die, I think. A six-month trek across the uh, the galaxy to a mystery planet, but the mystery planet was Earth. Yeah. So it's like, oh, there is, there is an inhabited planet there? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, Zim is like, I would never agree to bring my parents here. And for some reason... Miss Bitters has a like a micro disc and she plays it and there's footage, camera footage of her being like, Zim, are you going to bring your parents to parent teacher night? And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then after she plays that for him, Zim is like, why did you record that? And then That's the scene. A, it's a fair question. <laughs> yeah. So it's little subtle thing, humor like that, that made me go, ah, oh, okay. I remember why I liked the show. Yeah, and, and speaking uh, of the Deb, humor, um, go ahead. Speaking of the humor, uh, the uh, watching this show, uh, I had seen it once before, back in like 2011 yeah. or so. Uh, I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned somewhere, maybe it was on last week's uh, episode, but I had mentioned that I was in a roommate situation with people I didn't really like particularly much and didn't yeah. want to live with and they were watching it so i was like and i didn't like the show so i watched like one or two episodes and moved on um so i was like oh okay maybe maybe it's uh and i haven't watched it since uh and i was like oh maybe it's be- that's the reason why i didn't like the show but in regards to the humor watching this today made a lot of things uh click for me because i knew in the 2000s so many people, uh, especially uh, women, mm-hmm. whose sense of humor was very in whose sense of humor was with the OMG, show. I'm was so gar- random. Like just just whose sense of humor. Friends. They all say I'm random. Whose sense of humor <laughs> was Gur? Basically, yeah. the character Gur. Yeah, I, I knew so many people like who would deliver like jokes and like say the kind of make the kind of like. Uh, like dubious comments that Gurr does in this show. And I'm like, ah, so basically in the 2000s, I knew a lot of people who liked Invader Zim and just didn't realize it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So how I feel about the humor on this now versus when I was younger. Um, 
it was more palatable than just binge watching episode to episode, right? And and taking it with a grain of salt. And and I'm doing that now too. But you know, um, preferences and humor like change. And I'm like, oh wow, this this is a lot more random than <laughs> than I remember. Um, I find the types of people that really liked this at the time equally insufferable because instead of actually talking about the show, <laughs> instead of instead of actually talking about the show i almost delivered that line without laughing um we lost uh, siege for a moment there uh because instead of talking about the show they would just spew lines from the show back at each other but almost like a mating ritual girl why is there bacon in the soap i made it myself and and that was the, uh-huh. the humor and how random it was. Archer fans. Uh, you do have that talked now. about, uh, I, I was going to say, you have talked about on, a, I think it was on a, a preamble uh, a few months back. You, you talked about uh, how that's how Archer fans. Archer are, fans and do that are, now. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll just like, oh, you're an Archer fan too. Lana, Lana. And just like, quote, you want ants? This is how you get ants. This is how you get ants. <laughs> and then they quote, and then someone else comes into the conversation, and then they say the ants thing again. And yeah, I've told you a nightmare yeah. scenario where I was surrounded by, yeah, yeah. by Archer fans. Yeah, I'll, I'll go uh, into that a different time. Yeah, dis- well, a disclaimer, listeners. I actually, I actually do like Archer. But um, for me, so the don't, show don't was add ruined. me for that. Yeah, th- but for me, the show was ruined yeah. be- just like this was ruined by by Invader Zim fans being insufferable. Mm-hmm. AI, uh, your roommates, and yeah. so when well, I tried to get into that's the thing. This, it's like I I didn't even realize that like all this shit that like Pete, everyone I knew were all these like jokes and random comments people were making around me. I you didn't know that it was from weird. Invader Zim. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. Like watching this, like it just unlocked, like, so like it just made a whole bunch of things from my past click. I'm like, I'm like, right. So this is where mm. like half the people I knew in the two thousands were getting their material from was this show. Moose in a room. Okay. yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm just saying i i know how you feel you could have liked it but it it didn't come around and i'm like that with archer i could have liked it but unfortunately a whole bunch of neckbeards at a party i went to think it's prime comedy to get around in a circle and just quote the show for 10 20 30 minutes don't make actual jokes or talk how many about ti- the episodes. Just quote it. How many how many times can you say danger zone over um, and over? Let me tell you, dozens. Dozens <laughs> of times. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So what um, I also with the danger yeah, zone thing, what I get into. <laughs> what I also notice with the danger zone thing and Archer is there are actually a uh, quite a fair people quite a fair number of people out there who um, who don't realize that that song is from Top Gun and just think it's a joke from Archer. Really? Uh-huh. 
I, uh, uh, Archer's heyday, which is long past, actually. Like, I feel like Archer is kind of passe now at this point. I don't know. Yeah. I'm getting old. I don't know what the, the current thing is. Like, all the, like, dorks out there quote. I'm old. Right what now. are they quoting? Pickle <laughs> Rick? Something about a scientist being turned into a pickle? Uh, Rick and Morty is probably, uh, probably a prime candidate. Is there anything funnier than Pickle Rick? I, uh, I'm going to go, and we'll get back to talking about Invader Zim in a second here, but I'm going <laughs> to go on record and say I don't like Rick and Morty. I watched uh, at someone's house, I watched, they, they were like going through an entire season on DVD. This is back in like 2016. And people still actually had DVDs. Um, I, uh, uh, I, they, they were going through an entire season and I sat, I was at their house and I sat down and watched, I think like maybe four episodes and, uh, no, no, I'm, and Here's you know how many, you know how many people on like the internet told me it's just because I'm not intelligent enough to understand the humor of the show. And I'm like, really, that's where you're going. Which is the same okay. reason I could never get into <laughs> big bang theory. I'm just not smart enough or geeky enough to understand all those sweet, dank maymays and their uh, intelligent humor jokes. I, I'm I, I'm not uh, I, I'm not smart enough or geeky enough to understand all of these uh, jokes written by uh, a boomer who clearly isn't a geek. M M Morty, you're, you're just not smart enough to understand the quantum. M Morty, uh, I'm an alcoholic. L laugh at me, Morty. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not under. You're not smart enough to understand their advanced humor, like shoving um, football-sized seeds up your ass. And uh, oh, I, I'm not. I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> I, I know that is like top tier, like uh, like highbrow shit right there. Yeah, that 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 is the comedy of intellectuals. Let me tell you, it is. It goes Big Bang Theory. Rick and Morty. Um, what else we got there? What's the the intelligent cartoons uh, there? Quote un, quote un, intelligent. I don't know. I don't know. What do we got? Let, let us know what else you need to be smart to to watch. <laughs> no, I, I make fun of the both of those shows. I make fun of this show. I make fun of Archer or whatever. But it's not like they're bad at all. Like I, I've I've watched uh, like season one and two of Rick and Morty. I've watched um, season one of Archer. I've watched all of Invader Zim. And obviously I wouldn't keep watching it if there weren't funny parts in this. Yeah, I've and actually, um, on the subject of Archer, I've actually, I think there's, I think I might be a season or two behind, but I've actually watched, I think up to like, all the way up to like season nine or something like that. So, um, so, so I'm not, I'm not shit talking Archer. That's all, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it was season uh, one. There was one time a joke. I can't remember. He's he's trying to kill some like dude who's like banging his mom at the end of season one. And oh, he yeah, makes yeah. like a an observation or a joke, and he's like, Really? Like, I can't remember something about like his mom still doing something for him or something like that, or whatever. And there was one joke in there where I was like, huh. And that's why I didn't keep watching. All of season one, there it made me go, huh, one time. And so that, again, that's that's kind of where I'm at with uh, with this episode of Invader Zim that I watched. There, there are a couple of moments here and there where I'm like, huh. 
Yeah. <laughs> there was one part where I actually did laugh out loud. Um, I'll, I'll just say what it is now. Okay, yeah, it's, go ahead. Uh, when they're at the uh, parent-teacher conference, uh, to, to speed, like, really quickly ahead. Um, yeah, let's speed run it. He tries to reprogram his robot parents to come to parent-teacher night. To come to parent-teacher night. And um, he, Gurr, he, he does that by uh, making them watch... Uh, TV, specifically commercials by the looks of it. Well, he, he does that by, um, he's like, Gurr, you're not allowed to watch TV. We have to force, we can't just reprogram them. They need to learn like with AI. They need to learn naturally. So I'm going to put in this like micro CD of like how to parent properly. And then I'm right. just going to go in a different room. And immediately because Gurr has like massive massive ADHD energy. Um, he just, he starts falling asleep and he's like, huh, huh. And he immediately starts turning on like the eight televisions that are aimed at his parents who, by the way, like a clockwork orange, have their eyes peeled open with like, they're robots, by the way. I don't know why he, he needs to do this, but he has their eyes <laughs> I was thinking open. that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so forcing them to watch. Um, and Gerd quickly just turns it to like absolute, not even television, but like infomercial channels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a channel where there's just an ugly, scary monkey like staring at you. Ugh. There uh one of the things that they watch is uh this guy is sitting at a table and he's like, I like burritos, but they sure don't like me. And then the word diarrhea just explodes on the screen. And like blood red. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they that sure was, don't like me. That that was one of the huh moments that I had. Yeah, that that mildly amused me. So yeah, so that happens. Uh, the robots get up, um, and the robots have like this weird, like, uh, like they're robots, but they almost have this weird, like, almost, uh, like shambly, like, like supernatural quality to them, and like the way they move. I started actually getting on the show's wavelength here with like the like kind of like with the music that's playing in the background and the robots being like almost like Japanese horror esque. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, this is where I started actually like kind of digging the show is the stuff with the robots. Um, and uh, so the part that actually made me laugh really out loud is the uh, the robots come to the uh, to the heat. Uh, Zim brings them to uh, parent teacher school, night to, to parent teacher night, and uh, the robots are like awkwardly like interacting with people in this like really bizarre way. Again, like I actually like all the stuff that's going on in this scene. Um, they, they are clearly robots. They, they are clearly robots. Like they have clamps, like from Bender clamps from Futurama as like hands, and yeah. they have exposed circuitry, and they're they on have- wheels. They, they don't yeah, and walk. periodically they just like start shorting out like they've like consumed too much energon or something like that <laughs> um, and yet uh, the the dad robot gets his arm ripped off at one point and, and he's Gert like tries, sorry, zim tries to cover it off by being like oh no that that's um that's an artificial limb he he lost in the the war the war and the uh and the the dad robot is like that was my squeezing arm. No, why my squeezing arm? Why did they take my squeezing arm? Like, they I took laugh. my squeezing arm. That, that made me laugh. That was good. And um, uh, uh, Dib and um, uh, uh, his sister Gaz, 
Deb and Gaz's dad, like, again, like I said, he's never actually physically present in all of the episodes. Um, a Wait, flying, the, the, like, drone. The, the, the girl's name is Gaz? Yeah. Oh. Gaz is usually a male name. Oh, oh is that a real name? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a nickname for uh, Gary. Huh? Yeah. As a boy's name is of old English origin, and the meaning of Gaz is spear, an informal pet name of Gary. Yeah, it's um, uh, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's not. You don't really see it here, but it's a, it's a fairly common name in the UK. Today I, huh? Today I learned. I actually had a pet cat in the uh, the the late two thousands named Gaz. Holy moly! There is a lot of fan art of her, which is weird because isn't she ten? I, I was gonna say, isn't this character a child? A lot of it is innocent, but uh. Um, a lot of it is of her older. Per, per, perhaps we should uh, maybe climb out of this rabbit hole before, us before we get too far. Bail, bail, it. bail. <laughs> eject, eject. And Gaz uh, knows that Zim is like an alien, but kind of doesn't care. Mm. Luckily, they stray away from... The, it doesn't showcase her much in this episode. She's just the side character. They stray I, away from I didn't her. Even, I didn't even pick up on her. Like, to me, she was just a background character. Like, if you hadn't mentioned her, I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought anything of it. Uh, that's fair, because she just kind of walks in alongside uh, Dib. Yeah. And and their uh, hovering drone iPad dad. Yeah, she she could have been an extra, for all I know. Yeah, uh, but when it does showcase her a bit, um, luckily they do give her some personality and make her interesting. Um, besides, like, the sister annoyed with her brother and besides the uncaring goth girl, uh, a.k.a. Daria. Uh, There's so many Daria, like, goth-like characters in cartoons and media that, that they did that to death. So I'm you glad mean, they... Yeah, you mean, like, the the... Uh, comic strip slash cartoon character Daria. Yeah. 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 Uh, didn't she originate or, or it, originate it, on Beavis and Butthead? I thought it was a comic strip originally. Was it a comic strip? Maybe I'm just. Oh, sorry. It's King of the Hill. It's Hank. Hank Hill that was on Beavis I'm, and Butthead. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some uh, legitimate journalism. Here. Okay. While well, he's journalizing journalizing him, um, very quickly things spiral out of control at the parent-teacher conference. And... Oh, no, you're you're right. Uh, oh. It's a, it's a spinoff of... Be it's a spinoff of Be Beavis and Butthead. I don't know yeah. why I thought it was based on a comic strip. Uh, oh. Daria and Hank Hill were, were characters in Beavis and Butthead. Weird, huh? Apparently, <laughs> uh, uh, there is a new Daria series in the works. Because streaming services are bringing everything back. God damn it. Yeah, so there were there were different runs of different, like, female archetypes. And you had the Darias, and then you had the, the Gurs. <laughs> right. Um, like you said, as you, as you were watching this, you're like, wait a second. Hold on. That explains a lot of people's behavior. <laughs> that, yeah, that explains a lot of people that I knew in the 2000s. Like the way they behave, the kinds of things they said, the kinds of jokes they made, the way they delivered lines. I'm like, wow, this uh, this character Gur reminds me of like 
20 different chicks I knew in <laughs> in my early university days. Oddly enough, um, the uh, uh, still friends with her, uh, the friend I had with um, tattoos from the show, never quoted it. Hmm. Wasn't annoying at all. Yeah. Well, Acknowledged that, you know, she liked the show and that's about it. Moved on. <laughs> Um, so the parents' design is really interesting. They're dressed. I think I, kind of... I think I know who you're talking about, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Um. Oh, excuse me. Um, the parents like are dressed like muggles from Harry Potter. Like his mom's wearing overalls, um, like dishwashing gloves and a tutu. And she attacks some lady by trying to like poke her. So eventually, like, Gurr's like, how do I trick my robot parents to getting the hell out of here before I get busted? One of them's missing an arm. Another one attacked a lady. Um, oh, I'm going to cry and, like, complain about my spine because he remembers there was a stupid commercial for yeah, painkillers yeah, about his spine. Yeah, that... Um... That happened, yeah, that happened early on in the episode. I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually a moment for me where I was like... What have I gotten myself into watching this? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's an I, infomercial where a guy's spine, it zooms in like a Mortal Kombat x-ray, slow-mo x-ray, and shows a dude's spine just simultaneously shatter when he's watching. And he goes, ah, my spine. And it zooms in as he's agonizingly as like dying on the sidewalk. And it's like, painkillers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he uses that yeah. to his advantage because he knows that Gur accidentally trained them on these commercials and so he pretends he broke his spine and um they're like we'll take you home sweetie and uh jetpack jetpacks come replace their wheels they grab him and a jetpack and smash through the windows and leave and that's the part where you were saying where dib is like oh my god see see they're robots they're alien robots it nah let me guess not a single person watched it did they right yeah, yeah. And um, he goes, and he gets angry and he throws his punch on the ground. And one ter person turns and he's like, did you just waste punch? And they all turn around like in this weird horror meme thing. And like the camera like cuts away to presumably the mob like freaking out at him. And uh, it reminds me of those like those like memes where it shows like a sleeping person. And it's like teachers when like, you know, their students are getting bullied. And then it shows like somebody waking up and getting angry or like having like red eyes. And it's like teachers when the, the bullied student fights back. Right. <laughs> or it's like, um, it's like society when like billionaires like cheat on their taxes and it shows someone sleeping and it shows somebody like freaking out. And it's like society when someone cheats at Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of the gist of uh, uh, the uh, parent teacher night. Yeah, the 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 first part. Um, each of them uh are, is almost exactly like twelve minutes and uh fifteen seconds in length. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just realized that they have normal human things uh in their house, in their uh, front house to trick people. And there's just a poster with like somebody drooling that says "I eat food." Just little humorous stuff like that. I really like how there are kind of no straight lines in this. Everything's bendy and wavy and at an angle or the um, what's it called? Forced perspective makes everything elongated. It's very stylish. And I, I think one of the better looking animated uh, TV shows of its time. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially when you look at um, current animation now, which is very flat. Like the story might be better, the character design might be cleaner or whatever, but it's jarring to go from characters just standing still, like talking at each other, and then a cut of their face and a cut of their face. And then you go back and you look at how dynamic the camera is of Invader Zim and how it moves around and everything's always moving and there's it's showcasing the environment at all times and there's always action going on. It's a lot better than things of like the last like like 10 years. And I, I actually want to give it credit for that. Whether or not the humor or the the ugly animation like style is is your thing, it's it does a lot of things really, really nicely. So shout out to to the uh the art team and the the animation team. Yeah, there's um I I, I can see why like why, like I mentioned, like I, I knew so many like uh, goth chicks in the two thousands who had tattoos from the show. Like I can see why. Like the show has this uh, this this like kind of uh, macabre quality to it. That yeah, would def- yeah. that would definitely uh, would definitely uh, appeal to. We, we've been on a, like a, a macabre or like uh, urban gothic adjacent like streak so far. Like Ruby Gloom, they don't act like they're all undead like weird creatures but they're all frankensteins and um well so far (laughs) so far this month we've gone from x-files yeah (laughs) which is kind of a dark show like involving aliens um although that was a semi-lighthearted episode that we watched yeah um uh, to ruby gloom which is this like this like kind of cutesy goth like type series and now we're on to this show which is like uh like goth macabre like sci-fi industrial goth i don't know how to describe it style yeah yeah it's interesting yeah. yeah like um i i feel like i feel like this show was made by people who probably like listen to like ministry and skinny pu- and skinny puppy Skin- and and uh kmfdm and uh in the 90s yeah i that's actually the first thing that like popped up into my head or and, and watched the adams family and <laughs> liked beetlejuice i mean who doesn't like beetlejuice doesn't but like beetlejuice yeah and um yeah i'm i'm appreciating really really likes edward scissorhands oh i really like edward scissorhands don't <laughs> well, you, you all... dare fucking say anything bad about edward well you also really liked this show too so you're kind of proving my point they're, they're, the point is there's an audience yeah <laughs> my, my, my point is like uh they're like my what i'm trying to say is like i can i, I get a vibe from this show that i can kind of like kind of associate like i can figure out like what uh people involved in this show were were into or influenced by yeah you got it you got it yeah <laughs> for sure uh so the second part of episode three is called walk of doom doom um, which on um, <laughs> so doom is a big theme on the show uh because zim thinks everything is the most hardcore mission ever and there's a kind of humorous beauty and that he can't even go for a walk without it seeming like he's investigating the society of like the chaos of human life but he's just going for a walk with his dog and he almost dies like three times Mm -hmm. so clearly he's in no position to 
to conquer the earth, uh, which is again like part of the the humor of the show. Yeah, so he makes this uh, this chip for Gur that like um, basically upgrades his GPS. I like how it's this advanced sci-fi, but it's just a a nineties G. <laughs> It's just yeah, it's, a 90s GPS. It's just a 90s GPS. Uh, I also like the fact that he's like, Gur, locate, blah, blah. And all Gur does is just point in a general direction every time. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like Gur, locate home, HQ. And Gur just points. That, yeah, that, as if it's advanced technology, yeah. Yeah, th that was another, like, ha, huh, moment for me. Yeah, watching yeah. This. Um, uh, one thing about the setting is this came out in a very unique era where computers were common but smartphones were not well smartphones didn't exist at this point so, like when did the 2005 six seven when did the first iphone uh well this was 2001 the first iphone came out in 2008 Four? Five. i think eight, eight. holy yeah. moly wow <laughs> yeah i graduated uh, 2005 yeah okay uh, yeah uh blackberries were already around well not palm pilot yeah palm pilot, yeah um the T Mobile we getting there. The T Mobile sidekick. Like <laughs> so like uh phones that had like computerized functionality. You could technically take video with some of them. Yeah, like the they were they were starting to pop up around this time, but we didn't get something advanced like what we know as the modern uh smartphone until uh like the late two thousands. So after this show's time. It's kind of wild to think about it, like with how ubiquitous uh uh, smartphones are with like just about everyone's day-to-day -day life now to think that like they've really only been around for like 15 years that's that's why i always push back the the timer because i'd be like when was the first one 2007 when was the first one 2005 and it keeps feeling like older and older but like yeah i just googled and it. it's like first released 2007 june 29th mm. but that's oh, like yes. first releases right like that's not them fixing it that's not remodeling it that's the the original iphone yeah the original brick phone <laughs> um yeah i didn't even i i think i first took notice of the iphone when the second model came out which was the iphone 3g that's probably why i was thinking 2008 at the time for, for like five years like till like 2012 hell maybe like older than that i was like oh man People spending hundreds, like up to a thousand dollars on the, these things. And then like the next year they get another one. I'm like, no, thanks. What do I even need that for? I have a computer. Yeah. yeah. For years. It's like, why I, do I, I was, need this? I have a computer. Why do I, I need this? I was like that for a while. Um, I didn't get an iPhone until my, my first smartphone was an iPhone 4S right when they first came out in 2011. And here I am 11 years later and I still have an iPhone. Not the same one, however. It's invisible. There we go. It says I got my vaccine. <laughs> yep. I, I have, I did get my vaccine. I have two of them. And in fact, uh, actually, a uh, little, little bit of an announcement. Uh, whatever, I'll just say it now. Uh, ne next week's episodes may or may not come out on time because I'm getting my third shot uh, uh, about two hours before we are set to to record next week's episode of the laser comb podcast so it may or may not happen 
we did record an episode of alphanumeric uh our, our reboot podcast uh six months ago <laughs> uh, shortly after i got my second shot and uh well i was kind of falling apart by the end there and in fact i ended up passing out after we stopped recording and slept basically slept for two days so nice. uh, <laughs> so just keep that in mind uh next week's episodes might be uh might be the week after <laughs> yeah so oh also sh- shout out to invader zim uh and its music it has this like heavy semi-industrial kind of like setting the vibe for like danger or something like that music during this walk and by the way for some reason invader zim is dressed like a homeless dude with a fisherman's hat i i don't know why in a backpack walking his dog by the way he's walking his dog but he's walking on two legs girl girl always walks on two legs not on all fours nobody yeah. questions it there's something weirdly reminiscent about the art style as he's walking around town um and i can't place it I can't place what else this reminds me of. And, and I'll uh, talk. Speaking of the music, uh, I just want to point out that the guy who does the music uh, uh, did the music for many of the uh, bajillion Land Before Time sequels. No way. Good for you, dude. <laughs> I, I, he's done a lot. Uh, I, most most of it's stuff I've never heard of. But like, uh, looks like he did the yeah he did the sequel. All of those he did the sequel to uh uh one of the sequels to an american tale not fifle goes west oh <laughs> um he, he hasn't done any work in a few years now so huh maybe he's retired oh well yeah, anyway but yeah um he, everything's weird to him uh there are windows with people behind them doing strange things like interact taking things from them and he's walking around just keeping his like distance and observing the mundane ugly like dirty lives of them um a chihuahua glitches through the matrix i'm not sure what's up with that he looks at a chihuahua and it, maybe it's just supposed it is just supposed to represent it twitching weird but it looks like it it has a glitch in the matrix and he gets freaked out and he goes through a park and there's a whole bunch of like performers going through the park, and one of them is just is just like a dude like doing uh, um what's it called human robot or whatever. Right. Oh, there was a uh, there there was a guy moonwalk doing the moonwalk. Yeah, moonwalking and and stuff. Yeah, and um they just like you said they they need to go home and uh, the GPS isn't working. Yeah, because so he's we like find, we we find out that Gur didn't bring it. Because and this becomes a recurring joke throughout the episode that uh, Gur doesn't have a thing that they need because uh, he's storing some sort of food there instead. Yeah, because he's like, "Why did you take out the GPS? You like chip?" And he's like, "To make room for my cupcakes." And he eats a cupcake, and it's a very recurring thing that like he's very random. Um, where he loves food and treats and stuff like that. And he eats the cupcake. And this was another moment where I'm like, fuck, I knew so many people who would say shit like this. Uh, he eats the cupcake and he's holding the wrapper and he's like, oh, I miss my cupcake. And he starts and crying. And I'm like, oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah, his mood is very up and down. 
No, it's yeah. I just like I, I, and I was saying like I knew tons of people unknowingly that they were just like borrowing their sense of humor from this show. But I knew tons of people in the two thousands and like even in in even into the twenty tens who would like really basically act like Gur. Wow. Yeah, I think maybe I knew like one <laughs> or two. Yeah, so uh, they need they figure out a way to get back. What can um, I say? I attract a type, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I guess it's this type. Uh, and so he gets on some sort of public transit like vehicle, um, where a lady tells him that he he has to pay, and he's like, "Why?" In a very dramatic fashion, he's like, "Why would I pay to like sit on this death trap?" Yeah, this like fil- this filthy uh, uh, mechanical death trap or whatever. And so he gets kicked off the bus and um, they he's like, oh, well, they they need money to get home. And he comes up with the idea of that. They end up like sleeping or he what does he do? He's like, oh, I'm going to locate the uh, I'm going to locate. They do spend the night. Well, well, they do. They they do. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to locate home by just uh by staring up at the sun because the sun always sets in the west and he ends up like burning his eyes so i like this because he's like we'll use the sun to get back and i'm like oh that makes sense because it it rises in the east and sets in the west but he takes that literally and like you said he just stares at the sun and some body horror pops up the show can be gross at times we're not talking about like ren and stimpy gross but like we see his eyes start to like steam and then like they're like cauterized turn it, into black boils. Uh, yeah. His, his eye, it's like his eyes burned and the wounds were cauterized from the heat. Um, it's, and he's like, ah, I'm blind. Oh, I'll just wait until my eyes regenerate. Cause I guess he has re- regenerative abilities. So yeah, it up, was like, oof. So, the, so they end up sleeping in the streets and then his eyes do uh, regenerate. I know. I was surprised. I was like, oh, <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> uh, his eyes do regenerate and some guy is like walking by them and they they look like a couple of bums. And this guy is like, oh, get a job, bum. And he's like, oh, yes, that's what I will do to make money so we can take the bus to get home. Um, and they go through like a town square where like a dozen people are like busking. Yeah. There's one guy, his face is covered in bees. There's another guy who's like literally swallowing a, a snake. Someone's playing music. There's a homeless doomsayer who's just screaming at the top of his lungs. There's like a, a break dancer. And then there's Zim and Gur very badly dancing. Like the worst robot that you've ever seen. Speaking of bees, um, uh, to rewind a little bit, um, the another like ha oh. moment I had in this episode was when... Uh, uh, is when uh, Zim is like putting this like GPS chip into right. Gur. He opens his head up and he pulls uh, this like bees nest yep. out of it and like puts it up this chute. And uh, Gur is just like my bees, <laughs> my bees. It, yeah, that, it's that that made me chuckle a little, little bit. <laughs> little little subtle things like that are are the. Um... It's when the show is subtly funny like that, that it's its best. And when it's overtly random at its worst. Yeah. See, like the kind of, the kind of humor that I appreciate is like little like subtleties and nuance. 
Yeah, because um, it tells you a story. It's just like, what do you? How long have you had those bees? Well, yeah. Why were you attached to them? <laughs> um, and so, like, like subtle deliveries, like often, will be the jokes that like really stick out in my head. Um, in anything really, but like the kind of like like screaming like humor that permeates a lot of like as you call it, lol, so random type cartoons. It doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. The, the lol random type of humor. Yeah. It, it's not very bad to me. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm a little older and I'm a little over that type of humor and blah, blah, blah. But like the, the, the show is enjoyable. Like I can keep watching this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, yeah. so what happens here? Um, he makes a bunch of money. Uh, there's a dude that kind of looks like the human version of him. He's got the same hat. Like a, a beard, right? A little dude comes over and drops a wad of cash in his hat, smirking. And I'm like, that's weird. Does he just like him? He's like, wow, I like this guy's style. Uh, we find May- out later that this uh, guy robbed a bank. <laughs> and those are probably marked bills or something, right? Oh, um, I, I completely missed that. Yeah, yeah. And I was um, going to say, oh, maybe he's just hmm. another alien or something. Oh, no, it's just a dude that, his, that Zim's outfit happens to look like. Uh, And he comes in, he drops all of the money in the bus exchange, like all of it, including the the wad of cash. Why does he need money, right? To get on the bus. And the bus scene does is is humorous. I think that's the funniest moment of the episode. Because Uh, this weird. Go ahead. I I didn't find this funny at all. Um, Oh, I this was like this. This was horror to me. That's uh, what I meant by like like fu- funny to me uh, is the horror of it. This this is utter horror. And uh, listeners, I have a thing called misophonia, which is basically uh, it, it's anxiety and it's anxiety and anger in response to like certain uh, uh, audio stimuli. stimuli. Like this uh, is it. Like uh, whistling, um, people chewing. I can't stand the sound of people eating. Uh, I I hate whistling. I didn't know, like, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I didn't know this was actually a thing. And then I found out some time ago, this is actually a condition called misophonia. And I'm like, oh. Didn't somebody, like, make a comment or? I I found out about it, uh, actually, because uh, uh, Kate Rambo from Sick and Wrong was talking about it. That's what it was. Yeah, because uh, she suffers from the same thing, and I'm like, and I'm like, holy! And she was like talking about it, and so I uh, uh, started researching the condition, and I'm like, holy shit! This is me to a T. Like even right down, because I've always hated listening to people eat and chew and whatnot, and <clears throat> it just fills me with like s- such discomfort, like to the point that I just want to like leap over the table and like smash their head into it. And like, granted, I'm not going to do that because in that, I know in that situation, I'm the asshole, but it's like, but it's just, it fills me with that much like uncomfortable, like discomfort and anger. And I've always hated the sound of people whistling too. It's just so uncomfortable to me. Um, and so I, this, this I never knew, hidden horror elements. I, I, and, and so I never knew why. So yeah, anyway, so that's misophonia. And so what's going on with zim here on the bus i'm like this is nightmare this is nightmarish so the camera cuts to zim and he looks around a little bit like anxious and he looks at a baby and it's drooling and his flies buzzing around yeah and then there's the sound of the engine 
and he looks over and there's somebody else just staring off into oblivion and there's an old person like staring at him like angrily and he looks back at Gur and Gur's pleasant and he smiles and the flies are buzzing and he looks outside and somebody's in a taxi which is like a way more advanced version of a bus and he looks (laughs) around and somebody's picking their nose he looks around and there are people drooling and there are flies and drooling there's an angry clown they're sweating someone's crying someone's picking their nose and eventually he loses absolutely fucking loses his shit yep i i completely completely understand what zim is going through here yeah and he screams because he can't be normal and he screams i cannot stay on this bus any longer and he's off the bus and it cuts to inside the bus where the sweaty clown was i have actually like flipped out and gotten off of buses before because of stuff like that and the the sweaty clown with a bit of a, a with a, a chicken wing stuck in their hair is like, geez, what a freak! Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, what is it? Zim's like, what is wrong with these people? And I'm like, yeah, uh, fair, fair fair question. Fair welcome question. to public transit, my dude. <laughs> uh, so he ends. They end up taking a taxi, and uh, he pays for the cab. And I'm like, you just gave away all your money. Well, he goes to the bank, right? Oh, does he? He goes to the bank because that's where humans get money. And the bank oh! has just been robbed. There's I was so... Okay, so because I missed the guy, the, the scene you were talking... Yeah. I don't know how I missed this. Like, I don't know, maybe uh, my girlfriend texted me or something because I was in the middle of, like, texting with her while I was watching this. That yeah, must he be goes into how a police. I so I, I missed the whole thing with the guy who looks like him. Yeah. So when I was watching this and he goes into the bank and the police are like, that's him. I was very, very, very confused. I'm like, what? Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically Zim goes in there. He goes past the caution tape into the police investigation and a bank teller screams and says, that's him. Yeah. yeah. And then the, um, the, the head of, the police chief or whatever looks at a security cam. It looks like a Polaroid, which is funny. Cause it's like security cam, a black and white picture of a little dwarf. Looks like it's a human version of him. that gave him some money earlier. Right. Steve didn't cover his face or whatever. And it looks a little bit like this guy. And so, yeah, the police freak out and they chase him. Mm-hmm. And I like that even though he's an alien, like he could pull out a death ray or something. A lot of the time, he's very much the victim of the show. <laughs> he screams and he runs away. And his backpack, um, as viewers of the entire show realizes, um, has spider legs to help him get away. When yeah, he's gonna, physically outmatched. When I was watching this, I was like, wow, he's pulling a Doc Ock here. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pulling a Doc Ock. Yeah. Without his technology, this guy's useless. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, this um, this kind of like spider leg thing, it just kind of moves off of his thoughts. Like it just seems to make him better because he almost falls off of the top of the roof, the building that he's running away from, right. saves his life. Yeah, he pulls a Doc Ock, totally. Yeah. And um, he's like, okay, well, now's our, now's our time to get away. And he holds on to Gur, and Gur has jetpack. His feet are like little jetpack boosters. And he escapes. But they run out of fuel and fall from the sky. And into a dumpster. Luckily, have you ever noticed that dump? No matter what height you fall from, if you fall in a dumpster, it's like falling in a haystack in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, You're fine. 
Well, I'm like, but even like in Assassin's Creed, and like sharp metal in dumpsters. Even in Assassin's Creed, you could leap down like hundreds upon hundreds, even thousands of feet. It but feels as like as, thousands well, of feet. But as long as you land on this like little mound of hay, you're perfectly fine. Everybody knows that as long as you land in at least like a hay barrel, barrow, like at least a, a wagon full of hay, you're fine. Yeah. Hay is like this like miraculous like cushion that can cushion any velocity and weight no matter no, no matter the the uh, how fast it travels. Yeah. Terminal velocity? Terminal velocity, yeah, that's that's the term. Doesn't matter. You're fine. Haystack has got you. And dumpsters. I know it's a trope and it's it's just yeah, dumb yeah. because it's a trope at this point, but um dumpsters are like that. But I mean Trash isn't full of like teddy bears and pillows. No. Trash is full of like rusty cans and like shards of glass and like, <laughs> like old yeah, electronics, yeah. Yeah, needles. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, needles. Like, yeah. And um, so he he, what happens here? He turns he, to Gurren. He's like, "Why, dude? Your jetpacks are supposed to last a lot longer than that." Yeah, you 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 should have had way more fuel than that. And he's like, "Oh, uh, I I I took the fuel out." And he's like, "Well, why?" And he's like, and uh, carrying on the joke from earlier, uh, he's like, uh, "Oh," and he like opens his leg up, and he what was it? What did he have in there? Like tuna or something? Yeah, he's like, "Why?" And he says very like nonchalantly, like to make room for the tuna. God, yeah. it, that that reminds. What is that like a, a Valley Girl thing? Like that that attitude that he that he has to make room for the tuna. Gosh, it's, <laughs> I, it's, I went Napoleon. I, I was gonna say it's it's kind of Napoleon dynamite. I'll do whatever I want. Yeah, and um, he pulls off his like <laughs> the bottom of his onesie and sucks. Another movie tuna. that I hated, by the way. So I hated, I mean, like, I really disliked Napoleon Dynamite when it came out. I went and rewatched it again last year. I love it. I don't know what happened. I, it, I really liked it. it. It's worth revisiting because I've seen it twice back in the 2000s and I really didn't like it. I was so vocal about how much I disliked it. And my partner was like, well, what if things change? Like, no, you should check it out. It seems like you would really like it. And it's because the same director and writer made um, Gentleman Broncos, which is one of my favorite movies. Never seen it. And its sense of humor and everything. Uh, Sam Rockwell is in it. It just lands so well. And I've never laugh cried at a movie before in my entire life. Really? Except for Gentleman Broncos. I was like actually in tears at the end of it. And maybe it was the type of mood I was in when I was yeah. watching it too, but it's the only movie where I've laughed cried. And so I'm like, well, I love Gentleman Broncos. I'll go back, back and watch Napoleon Dynamite without any expectations. Yeah, I, I, I got it. All right. Still, Gentleman Broncos is better, but I was like, okay, I get it. I like it. All right. Just I'll, throwing I'll, that out there. I'll consider revisiting it at some point. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of, you know what? The, yeah, this this show is just horror for Christopher Siege. <laughs> because when he's eating the tuna out of his rocket pack, he makes a... <laughs> sounds. Yeah. And <laughs> at this point, oh, yeah. Invader Zim isn't 
Like he can't even get angry at him anymore because this is just what girls like. <laughs> he doesn't chastise him. He doesn't like get angry. He's like, okay. And he, um, he calls a, a cab and uh, I'm with you on this. I remember you were like, how does he have money? Yeah. How yeah. does he have money? He, he, he screams quickly to my house, cab driver. I am ready to go home. He like points. He's like that way. He points to the right. I think he points somewhere. And the episode ends with him angrily standing on the side of the road somewhere in Mexico. Yeah, I, yeah. And there's like some Invader Zim jams going on. And I, I was confused about the fact that like characters were like grooving and like kind of dancing. I well, was there's like, this music I was like, that's like do, do, do. And it's it's just ending the episode like in, in sync with the music and it says carne. So it's like a butcher shop or a meat shop or something. Yeah. And I, 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 I was confused about the, uh, the grooving that the characters were doing. Yeah, I'm and, like, and there's a butcher with okay. a rose in his mouth and he's like hard jamming and, and Gurr is dancing and there's a little girl selling like mints on the side of the road. And, and I'm like, yeah, that's Mexico, I guess. I was gonna say I haven't been, so I can't really can't really speak to that. But yeah, you will get lots of um, children walking up to you with sad, teary eyes and dirty faces, asking you to buy chiclets uh, <laughs> and that kind of thing. I've I've seen the end of the Terminator, so she oh. goes. Yeah, she she Sarah. The movie ends with Sarah Connor like getting gas at a gas station, and this like little uh, uh, Hispanic kid uh, takes her picture and charges her for it. Be like, here you go. That'll be five dollars. And you're exactly. Like, I think what? it was five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, he he's like speaking in Spanish, and uh, there's like this old this older guy like standing next to him, and Sarah's like, "What did he just say?" He's like, uh, "He says you are a very beautiful senora, and he hates to charge you for this picture, but if you don't pay him five dollars, his father will beat him." What? How do you know that? Because I'm his father. <laughs> and she says something like nice hustle kid and gives him like five dollars and then drives off. I remember that. Right. I'm like, why does this sound so familiar? Oh, yeah, it's the, the very, Terminator. It's the very final scene of the Terminator. It's like the it's the epilogue scene. Yeah. And then it ends with like. Dun, 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 dun. Do 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 iconic yeah iconic i i don't i i love the terminator movies uh well most of them some of them i really like t1 and t2 and uh, i actually like I'm t3 cool with just it being t1 and t2 <laughs> I, I defend uh terminator 3 i actually dig terminator 3 it's it's the worst out of the first three easily but even terminator salvation's all right terminator They're genesis not bad. terminator genesis uh, welcome to the Terminator podcast with uh, the Siege. Yeah. Uh, uh, Terminator Genesis. The first half hour or so was kind of fun when it was like recreating scenes from the first movie, but like slightly different. But then when they do that whole like 
time travel into the present like bullshit then the movie and john connor is now a terminator the movie goes off the rails it also starts right that movie also starts in the future and unlike terminator salvation it's actually the 80s version of the future with like the dark skies and like purple lasers like flying across the sky and stuff like that so that was cool when tesla Uh, released it's like cyber truck the first thing i thought of was that looks like a skynet yeah yeah vehicle. yeah um it, uh terminator dark fate the latest one i saw it in theaters didn't think much of it i actually i got it i rewatched it again uh, a few months ago because i found it on 4k blu-ray on sale at best buy for like 4.99 for a 4k blu-ray these things are usually like 30 35 bucks yeah. and i'm like I'm like, you know what, for $5 for a 4K Blu-ray, I'll give Terminator Dark Fate another shot. So I rewatched yeah. it. And I actually, I, I I liked it a lot more than I did the first time. So well, there Dark, you go. Dark Fate's all right. Anyway, the, that, the question is, Christopher Siege, did you like Invader Zim a lot more than the first times you watched it? One thing that I found kind of interesting, I, I definitely liked the first segment more than the second one. Uh, one thing that I found kind of interesting about the first segment is like, I kind of wonder if they're trying to make a statement about um, kind of the the dangers of like uh, idealizing light, like taking your cues of what life should be through watching television. Um, so that I found kind of interesting. Um, I, I, I actually really liked the whole scene when they were actually at the parent teacher conference and the robots being like really fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, all of that. I really liked, didn't like the second segment, um, that much them getting lost in the city. There, there were a couple of moments here and there. I actually find Gurr really annoying <laughs> to be honest. I, I knew you would. Uh, and it might even just be because like, I knew so many people whose personality was that so like that's the thing right like you can't disassociate yeah and and again archer i i can't disassociate like a whole bunch like 10 people like sitting around in a circle just like screaming the same quotes at each other and like laughing at each other yeah and like me and my friend looking at each other and we're like are we in a different dimension where like this is this is what's funny now there one joke in archer and this is one that no one ever talks about but it's so of course it's a joke that i actually really gravitated toward it was in one of the late like uh one of the mid seasons like maybe season six or something like that i can't remember but archer is on this island and um he's trying to explain things to uh the people who live there who speak another language and uh uh a, a common thing is throughout that episode is like every time he tries to explain something, he uses an idiom and they're okay. like, they're like, oh, well, that that doesn't. Re-. And it, when it gets translated to them, they all act like it react in like a weird way. And they're like, oh, well, that that idiom doesn't really translate very well. And so it, it actually means something else. And then like, finally, like the culmination of that joke later on in the episode is uh, Archer like does it again in like a really tense moment. And Cyril's like, stop using, you're using an idiom. And Archer's like, Jesus Christ, it's really hard to explain things without using an idiom. <laughs> I, I'm not explaining the joke very well. It plays a lot better, like when you're watching it, but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Some some shows are for us and others are not. Archer is not for me and maybe Invader Zim is. 
And, and that's Arch okay. <laughs> Archer is for me, and Invader Zim uh, it is not, I, I, I don't think. Um, Unsubscribed. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, Cone Killer. I, I wanted to like it. And when a I, I was saying this to, uh, to, to someone earlier. When, when a patron uh, uh, pitches a show to us, I feel really guilty when I don't like it. Um, it's only happened a couple of times before, but it has happened. So uh, I apologize. It's I gave it a shot. I, I bought this episode on uh, iTunes. Yeah, you yeah. supported it. Yeah, I I paid a dollar ninety nine Canadian for it. I the first thing I do is try to find it on YouTube, and it's often successful. Uh, I I go to uh, I, I bring up the Just Watch app to see if it's available on a streaming service for free, and if it's not, then I just go and buy it on iTunes. Mm. I actually I should look for things on YouTube more, but it just it never in my head. I'm like oh, I know. In this my is head, like the fourth time I found something on YouTube that in my head I'm like, oh, I'm like oh this is content that someone owns. Of course it's not going to be on YouTube. Yeah. So it just doesn't occur to me. And then and then we we filmed the episode and you're like I got this on this and I'm like I found it on YouTube. Uh, well, that that was uh, our thoughts of uh, Invader Zim, uh, episode twenty, a laser comb podcast. Uh, if you want to support this podcast or even pick an episode or pick a show for us to review a random episode of, uh, go to Patreon, just like uh, the aforementioned Cone Killer Confusor did. patreoncom slash lasercomb. Uh, at the uh, the, starting at the $5 tier, you get uh, bonus preamble audio of us kind of talking uh, for this and all of the other shows of us like talking about this, that, or the other thing in the lead up to actually recording the shows proper. Uh, you also get a monthly-ish commentary track. Uh, we recently finished up uh, the first three Matrix movies. We are going to do something else, but recently we decided, you know what, fuck it. Let, the Matrix Resurrections is out now uh, for rent, so we might as well just like... Might as well just do that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but if you want to, uh, uh, if you want to pick a, a show for us to do, what we just did here, uh, ten dollar, ten dollar tier, you can do that. Uh, the only rules are uh, the show has to be completed and it has to be narrative based. So no reality shows, no game shows, no pro wrestling, no sports. Nothing like that. Also, at the $10 tier, you get our weekly news and current events program, Laser Comb Tonight. Uh, so go check that out. Patreon.com slash lasercomb helps us out. Um, social media, if you want to follow this or the other shows proper on Facebook, you can do that uh, at Facebook.com slash lasercomb. Or you can follow me on Twitter at lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. Uh, Cal, what socials do you want to plug? I am also on the Twitter sphere at NeoCal, N-E-O underscore K-A-L. So, uh, go give him a follow, give me a follow, uh, give this show a like, give it a subscribe, give it a thumbs up, anything. Now, to figure out what we're going to be back for next week. Oh, jeez. Oh, this is how it starts. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're going to go to uh, numbergenerator.org. Let's bring up screen share, shall we? What we're going to be talking about next week is 
pitched to us by our patron, uh, Jared. Big shout out to him. Uh, what he wants us to watch next week is Preacher. Uh, Preacher is a show I'm familiar with. I actually watched the first season of it. Uh, it's based on a Garth Ennis comic book from the 90s, which I did read a little bit of when I was younger. Um, Garth Ennis is probably more known. His more known property at this point is probably uh, The Boys, which is a very successful show on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, Preacher lasted four seasons for a total of 43 episodes. All right. Um, so random numbers between 1 and 43. Here we go. Stop. Holy Christ, we, we landed on from a, a random number from uh, between episodes one and 43. We ended we, we landed on episode one. Holy shit. All right. So we're going to be back next week with uh, episode one of Preacher. What a great starting point, especially since uh, I don't think Cal has actually seen this show. Number one, uh, if if you want to get me to watch a show, that's that's the perfect time to watch it. Uh, and it's an episode I've seen too, and that show is very serialized. So the fact that we're uh, we're starting off with, or we're we're going to be doing episode one is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that's cool. I mean, uh, if you're watching this on video, you you uh, you you saw the uh, the screen there, number generator. Yeah, he, landed he, on... he doesn't rig it. He doesn't rig the system. <laughs> oh, it wasn't rigged at all. We we landed on episode one. So uh, rad. All right. We'll be back next week. Like I said, with episode one of Preacher on episode 21 of the Laser Comb podcast. And uh, we're going to get out of here. I have been one of your hosts, The Siege. And I'm NeoCal. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Take a trip to another dimension.